0: everyone welcome to episode six of the tap in with taco podcast i'm your host Takato watanabe the goal of this podcast is closing the gap between the end of your military career to the start of your civilian career let me start by telling you that my website is now live tapinwithtaco.com i'll be adding some additional content out there so make sure you go check it out on today's episode i interview johan who was an aviation mechanic in the navy he shares his journey during his five year Navy career and some tips on how you can save money and maybe even up to two years of your life when getting your ANP license. Hope you guys enjoy it. In the soup. All right, Johan, welcome to the Tapping with Taco podcast. Thanks for being here with me today. I'm excited to to talk about your journey and everything. We've known each other since I think we're like 10 years old. So excited to dive into it. Um, Why don't you just kind of give us a little background about yourself, your journey, kind of everything you did in the Navy?
1: Yeah. um, Thank you. It's good to be on here. I guess I'll start. I joined the Navy in 2013. My main goal going into the Navy was I wanted to be a pilot. So my recruiter pretty much said, well, you don't have the degree, but we can start you with a job leading into a pilot, which was an aviation mechanic. So I was like, all right, yes, let's do that. So I decided to go that route, uh, being a mechanic. My first station was in Virginia at FRC. So I did two years there, working in a hydraulic shop for uh, a support for the F-18s. And then after Virginia, uh, my next set of orders was to Japan, where I did two more years there and was deployed, uh, for deploy on the Ronald Reagan. And that was about it. I only did five years in the Navy. Uh, loved it. Don't regret it. Enjoyed every aspect of it.
0: Nice. Right, so, so what made you really like, go deeper into mechanics? What was the turning point for you?
1: Um, I think it is the crew, I guess, and then just the work, like I, I realized like I just I'd rather work than manage. and I realized in the that aviation structure, like the mechanic field, you can make still a decent amount of money and you're just a worker. You don't have to become a manager or do all the paperwork because that's one thing I did despise.
0: Kind of going back to the to like what you wanted to choose after the military. What was your transition like when you were getting out? I know you joined school um, after, but what was that process like for you?
1: Yes, yeah, so it was a little bit different for me just because I was doing my TAPS the transition program out when I was in Japan. So it kind of made it difficult in the aspect of like doing all the paperwork. And when I was doing my TAPS class in Japan. It was. It just didn't feel like I was getting really any benefit from it, just because I'm in another country. I, I have no resources really to contact in the stateside. Uh, so my transition out was more like I was winging it and just going with the flow. I didn't. I didn't get too much out of my TAPS class.
0: Any lessons learned during your transition out of the military?
1: Uh, it's planning. I wish I planned better. I yep. wish I I didn't rush. I just felt like a rush, you know, going from Japan to um Georgia. So yep. it was at the end it just felt everything was rushed and what part of it felt rushed? Just uh making sure like the paperwork side was uh correct and everything. And even coming to Georgia it's like once I got here I didn't know where I was going to work or when. And I just, I was rushing to get a job. And luckily I called Costco and they were hiring at the moment. So I was fortunate about that. And then I just took one and then the school, but if people aren't prepared or aren't as fortunate as I was, then it could be really hard.
0: When did you figure out exactly that to get in school and you wanted to like learn more and, and get that degree?
1: So I got to Georgia, transitioning out, and I moved to Georgia because that's where I met my wife, and it was easier for me, or she lived in Georgia, it was easier for me to move to her than her to quit her job and come live with me in Washington. When I was in Georgia, uh, I knew I wanted to become a mechanic for aviation and to get my license, and I just searched whatever school was nearest to where we were living and uh just applied for the the gi bill to go to school for the two-year program but if i knew ahead of time i could have recorded all my hours while i was in the military and got my license but i did not do that
0: Wait, wait 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 kind of dive into that what does that mean recording your hours and everything let's say for those people who are we're in the same mos as you can you talk a little bit more about that
1: what that what that looks like and what you should have done? Yes, so they have this program, like I'm trying to encourage my other buddies that are still in the Navy as mechanics, but they have this program where you could record how many work hours you've done. And it's pretty, every day you should be recording eight hours or 10 hours for how much work you're doing as a mechanic. And even it says in the FAA for like all of aviation in the United States, that if you have so many hours, a certain amount of hours recorded, you're eligible to take the three written tests and your oral and practical to get your a license, which is what you need to work on uh, airplanes. And this program, I knew about it in the Navy, but it's not really pushed. There's not really a lot of knowledge given out about it. And so I just never did it. And now I'm trying to encourage other friends like, yo, you should do this. Uh, get it done. Like I'll give you all the resources you need for the books uh, to take the test and it'll save them two years of going to school. What's the program called? I is what it's called to record your hours. I'd have to ask someone, but I know it is given out. It's just a website where you literally log in and then you say how much you worked and what area. And I know the air force has something like that too. I think air force has a lot more, beneficial, like transfer jobs where their job can transfer to the civilian world easier. But I know Navy doesn't have as much programs.
0: Do you feel like you didn't even have to go to school in order to get your license? So like if you knew about this license thing and you had the option, do you think you had the knowledge already to take that test in order to get the license to save yourself two years?
1: Yes. I felt like I had the knowledge from... I felt like I had more knowledge through my experience in the military than what the school offered me. Because the school was a, it's a technical school, but it was more just, that school is, you're based on hours, and you need to record so many hours before you can take the test. So that's what the school gives you, is those hours. My time at school, I did not learn as much as I did hands-on in the military, because the school is more book work, PowerPoints. And lectures, where for me I learned most, and I feel like most people do, that it's ingrained in their knowledge is just doing it hands on. And I learned most of that from the military. So I think I've wasted, uh, I mean, it was nice getting paid because the GI Bill pays you, you know, for the monthly while you're going to school. So it is a nice benefit that I got paid while I was transitioning out as a source of income. But it was to me, I felt like I wasted when I could have used that GI bill for something else.
0: Do you think that it would be, your your thought process would be different if you weren't in Japan and had something lined up for you already? Like if you had done everything else, logging the hours and everything?
1: Yeah, I think it would have been a lot different. I think I would have had a job in the aviation side uh, already. Cause now I, it took me two years to finish school and I just received my a and li- uh, license. So right now I'm applying for jobs in the uh, airline industry, and if I had my license prior, if I logged my hours, and you could take the test, you could get your A and P license while you're in the military. And oh, nice. yeah, and like if I as got long it, you have hours
0: that logged, right?
1: Yeah, as long as you have hours logged, you just go to any um, certified. It's called DME. Uh, they're like examiners. They're just certified, you just contact one of them and they'll give, they could give you the test. Does the military pay for it? That's a good question. I'm not quite sure.
0: Yeah. It'd be, I mean, if you're still in the military and like that's essential to your role, I think that'd be pretty cool. if they. Yeah,
1: it. that'd be awesome. Because I know if, if I, d- if I didn't go through the school to take it, uh, on your own, I think each test costs about $300 to take. Oh, that's a lot. And then, when I was in Washington to take my practical exam, which is like your final exam, uh, it was, they said it's going to cost about $1,200 just for that one. But I mean, that one exam covers covers the three subjects, but it just would have cost a lot. So I don't know if the military actually has a program that I could pay for it.
0: Yeah, that'd be. I don't know if they do. Maybe I'll do some digging and post it in the show notes if I can find something. Yeah.
1: But even though I didn't have to pay for it, which my GI bill paid, It's still money I could have saved using it for a different degree. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: sure. I'm still paying it even though I'm using a benefit, but it's a benefit I could have used for something else.
0: Yeah, I think that's important to know for for those people that are still kind of thinking about leaving and trying to figure out like what to do next. Because I think the biggest thing looking back, and I don't know if this is for you the same, but kind of like I wish I had tapped into more benefits before i got out of the military mm-hmm. because now that you're not in right you you just lose all of that and there's a yeah. lot of hidden things that people don't know about and aren't
1: told you lose um, it or you like you don't even you're not around those people who can inform you
0: yeah so if there's an easier way to kind of get those resources i think it would it would help those that are looking for it, like a lot more so for those that are listening are in the aviation mechanic field make sure you log your hours and take your tests Study materials are straightforward, right?
1: Yeah. And there's literally this three books that you can purchase on Amazon, which I did for this. And you study those materials and the test is pretty much one-on-one with the book. And that's all you needed. So if you have your hours recorded and you're good to go, you get these. the, And all you have to do is Google AMP, like written exams, and they'll pop up. Cause it's like a general airframe and power plant and those three books they'll pretty much get you your license.
0: Yeah. Some of those books are the links to the books. I'll put them in the show notes. So that, okay. uh, if people yeah. want to take a look at them and get more information, they can um, have it available there. Do you have any other general kind of tips and tricks or advice for those people in the same field as you? Cause I know one of the biggest things that you mentioned was logging your hours for their, what you, what you're doing on your daily, uh, daily work. Any other kind of things that you've learned throughout your journey, your your process that you could offer to people?
1: Um, I think from what I learned is it is a hard decision. I mean, I guess for me, everyone's different, but getting out, I, re- I was really unsure about getting out or staying in because it is a huge life change and you're going from – and someone telling you what to do every day, where to go, where to be to, you're on your own. And so I would just advise, I I wish I had a better plan getting out. Like, fortunately, I was lucky. And once I got out, I was able to get a job at Costco where I used to work before the Navy while I was going to school. But uh, if you're not sure about what you're going to do getting out, then I wouldn't recommend staying in until you know for sure what you're going to do because it can be hard on finances if you're not prepared
0: how many years or months do you think people should know ahead of time like when they're getting out or what kind of plan
1: they uh make? i'd say like the last year of their contract that's kind of when i started thinking because you know as that year comes and you know you got one year planning from there looking in jobs and even i was talking to People in my TAPS class, and they already had interviews lined up or even had a job waiting. And I was sitting there like, oh, I know what I'm doing is going to Georgia, and hopefully I pray for the best. And I, I had enough payments or what, um, whatnot, so I had about three months still I was going to get paid from the Navy before that income stopped. Right, but that's, so I, a big, that's, that's a
0: big change, right?
1: Yeah, but if you know you don't have that much time, then you need to know how you're going to get that income you know or where you're going to stay where if your bills and your income line up you know you don't want to be going homeless or um trying to just fend off of nothing you know
0: yeah you want you want to have some kind of like runway so you yeah are are safe
1: so i, I started i started thinking about a year before in it was, it was hard because I like I like the military. I had a good time. I don't regret it at all. And everyone's different and got their own hard stories because it is hard on people. I saw that. I'm like, man, maybe I should have stayed in. And there was a time, like six months after I got out, I was like, I should have stayed in. You know, like I, w- I didn't have much planned. And I was like, I should have stayed in because it's, it's easier. You know, you, you don't have to worry about really much. Like everything's told for you. Everything's... Do this, do that.
0: Do you feel like if you, if people started planning earlier, that would help them? Or is it just kind of like, you just got to dig and try to find something?
1: Yeah, no, I think planning or having it, if you have a strong support group that, you know, you can stay with someone while you, it's like, it's a huge transition. So it's like, if you don't, if you're not well planned, uh, I think maybe if you have a strong like, family or friends that can help you uh, kind of like get back on your feet. If you don't have something that correlates between your job in the military and then your job that you want after, it's gonna be hard. Like you have to start from ground zero again. And it's so hard to start at ground zero because it's like you need experience, you need this, and you're, you're already behind because let's say you're, you did five years in the military or four years. People who applied for the job had already four years ago, you know? Or four years younger. So it's hard to start from ground zero. And fortunate for me too is that my job it's correlates with jobs in the civilian world. Where I know some people where some jobs in the military is not the same, you know.
0: Yeah, that probably helped you out too. I think that's a big a big thing that I didn't consider when I was joining the military is like, well, is this job going to be something that I can transition to in the civilian side, right?
1: Because like yeah. chemical
0: biological radiological nuclear specialist like that does not there's no actual job out there It's <laughs> inside for that MOS but like for you aviation mechanic like that is a like the airline industry is huge, huge. and I think that's a, that was a that was a great call for for you to do that just because the opportunities are there for are tremendous
1: mm. and even if people who were a mechanic but don't want to do a it mechanic it's like they, they usually have to start from ground zero i mean they do have the benefit saying that you're in the military you know as their history and um, a lot of people are protected from the veteran status you know yeah that's true that does help but i think this planning in general if you're people are transitioning out like a year before even before then. As early as possible, it'll help them in the long run.
0: Yep. Yeah, I, I think that's a recurring theme that has come up with a lot of the guests that I've already had in the show, is just have a plan, be prepared.
1: Yeah. What you want. And I, I mean, I guess it's easier said than done. And a lot of people, while you're in the military, you already feel busy and stressed. We're going these hours, you don't really have time to plan, but I think anything helps, or even just starting small.
0: Yep, yep and steps, uh yeah
1: and as time gets closer then you'll be ready like if I, I was if i was to redo what i did transitioning out like i don't think anything in taps really helped me that's why i feel like that program just is more beneficial for when you need it but i think i would have planned on just having a job lined up for when i get out but that's what that's what was hard you know because like i'm in the time zone of Japan. And I think I just got, uh, I was not motivated just because I would have to either stay up late or wake up early to try to contact people in this time zone, you know?
0: What kind of things do you think would help be helpful? Like from the time you get out to one year out, what are some things that you wish you could be able to tap into?
1: I wish I had like real estate agents, you know, or programs for every benefit or even like school, and like resume so now like at the point i'm at i just got uh done with school and everything but now just like my resume i'm not too well in making resumes or creating so i wish i had that program where i could just use that instead of paying someone online to do it you know
0: i think that's a good point i think that's uh very helpful for to be able to to leverage that, just because mm. like you don't know what's supposed to go on a resume. You've been in the military for this many years, right? And I think it's important for those resources to be available for people if they want to tap into those. Oh, so I guess the
1: only other thing would help is finances too.
0: Yep, that's my next star. Uh, that's next episode is finances. Oh, nice. What kind of so so like kind of going into that? What kind of financial
1: things would you do? You wish that you had advice on. I think what would help is your best tactic to go after your finances you know like your debt mm-hmm. and because there's so many things online and like or even is it someone helping you like figure out like all right this is all you can spend this month you know this is what you need if you if your goal is to knock out this credit card like if you had a one-on-one counselor kind of because everyone could tell you like yeah you need to do this you need to do that but it's so much hard, like easier said than done.
0: No, I think that's good because it's it's good you bring it up because I think that's a, finances in general, right? Whether it's you're transitioning out of the military, you're just like a normal person living day to day. It's a big thing. Yeah, I'll try to dive into that next episode. And if people want to get in contact with you after listening to this episode, they have questions or anything like that. Um, do you have like LinkedIn or something that people can reach out to you on?
1: I do, but it's on the process of being built, but I have it. <laughs> So yeah, they can hit me on LinkedIn. Cool. All right, cool. I'll just uh, leave
0: this link in the show notes. Yeah, great topics. Great talking. I think we covered a lot of good topics. So thanks for being on, man. Thanks for providing some insight. No
1: problem. Good time.
0: I hope you enjoyed that interview with Johan and gained some knowledge about the transition into your civilian career. I'll put the links for the A&P books and Johan's LinkedIn account in the show notes. Let me know your thoughts and leave a comment about this episode on my website. I'm on Instagram at Tappin' with Taco Podcast if you want to follow me there. And thanks for tuning in. I'll talk to you guys next time. Peace. In the
1: Superoo, my Nike's on the dash. In
0: the Superoo, whip my, my Nike's on the dash. Nike's on the dash. Nike's on the dash. On the dash. Uh. West Side in the field, what's real? I got my whole squad popping like they on two pills. No
1: sign less, it got two meal. I ain't meek when. Take my first name Phil.